Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Cynthia Cherish Malloran, Reverend DJ Cherish the Love, and you are listening to Primary Food on Heritage Radio Network. And before I forget, let me tell you how to reach out to me and get my attention on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at DJ Cherish the Love. That's spelled L-U-V, and hashtag using primary food, heritage underscore radio, and hashtag Rev Love. So the name of the show is Primary Food, and let me explain to our beautiful listeners who come back and keep coming back, and thank you to people who have told me they're subscribing now. Very cool. Thank you. Downloading into your iPods. I I got a message about that. So great. Primary food. So the food that we eat, like the food here at Roberta's, the food that you're going to cook tonight at home, we consider that to be secondary food. Primary food is everything else in life that nourishes us before we sit down to eat. So that is your relationships, your job, your spirituality, uh, your musicality, your creativity. So today we're going to focus on music, and I have some very cool musical guests here. I have guests from Rock and Roll Playhouse, Paolo Perez. Yep, you got it. And Devlin Goldberg. Hi. And, of course, Trey. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Trey's back. Still Trey. And uh, there's an instrument in the corner, too. Yes, there is. There's an ukulele. So we're going to talk about, first, let's talk about this awesome program, Rock and Roll Playhouse, right? Yeah. So this is, uh, you, these guys are here because I saw them a few weeks ago, a few Sundays ago. Rock and Roll Playhouse is a really cool program that, does it run only out of Brooklyn Bowl? or Brooklyn Bowl and um, Garcia's at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So that's very cool. Yeah. And it's Sundays, or at least the one in Brooklyn Bowl? Sundays at Brooklyn Bowl, Saturdays at Garcia's. Okay. Mm-hmm. The one I saw at Brooklyn Bowl was so sweet. 11 o'clock in the morning, I think it was. Yes. And the crowd was kids ages seven and under? Yeah. Rocking out to music. That's right. Learning, improvising. I saw Kid Lucky there. That, well, we had Kid Lucky a few episodes back when we were freestyling here. It was oh, amazing. Gotta love Kid Lucky. <laughs> it was so good. Gotta love Kid. These kids were learning how to move their bodies to music as Devlin was improvising, as Paolo was playing on the keys. It was just like a perfect mesh of, you know, I, I just, I, music is so, we all know it's so nourishing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a food for the ears that just like gets into every cell of your body. You can't deny it. Like it, it just changes you. I had come across an article recently 
about a new study suggesting that regular informal music making with very young children may even have benefits above and beyond those of reading. Yes. So tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Did you happen to see that on our website? I might have. (laughs) (laughs) I might have read that there. (laughs) Yeah, that is really great. We've always wanted to target the young ages because there are already many music programs for older kids, School of Rock, um, that have the same philosophy because our philosophy is that All music is great for kids. It doesn't have to be kid music. And especially Mm -hmm. is a plus when it's cool hip-hop like we did with Kid Lucky or we just did a David Bowie show. Oh, wow. With kids. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. then their parents are really into it. And it's at Brooklyn Bowl. The parents can have a drink. The family can eat. So it's like all included, right? And so creating an experience for the kids because when it's not... That article, what's interesting is it's not just about the kids making music. It's really about the social bonds that parents make with their kids and so in that bonding with your family through music it really it's not just about um do uh, the brain but well it's all it's social emotional it's cognitive it's like such a broad umbrella for all of those things that are so important for little kids when they're growing because it you know it's those first seven years of your life that they say are the most important developmentally so and what you described is pure primary food right all exactly. of those relationships all of that nourishment you know it's like the question i like to ask people is well let's go through this two-part question so paolo name something this week that you ate something really good that you ate Ooh. um a, a pr- salted pretzel, one of those soft, honey-baked, soft pretzels. Mm. The way he said that, it's like so sexy oh. salted know, pretzel. He, really did. Like he made love to that pretzel. It was like, yeah, okay, butter Devlin, on it too. You you, something delicious that you ate this week. You know, I just this morning had the most bomb egg sandwich. I'm just a real fan you of egg sandwiches. You said that two weeks ago. I, I, said, <laughs> I said an egg, a bacon egg and cheese from the yeah. deli. Okay, just no, to be clear. That's but. what I, I had such a go-to for me Very on a croissant, different. on a ciabatta. But this one just had the right combination of aioli and avocado. Yeah. And, the, you know, just... You hear how she's talking about it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was it I was just talking about the deli. You remember <laughs> standout, you know, egg sandwich like you really usually do. they're pretty consistent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Trey, uh, I just had some good falafel from across the street that, from Cynthia's house. That's that right. Was good. That's that right. Was good. I couldn't remember what it was called. I was like, it's the fried chickpea thing. You know, <laughs> the fried chickpea. I, I really, he was asking, <laughs> what are those chickpea ball things <laughs> called again? I couldn't get the word. Ball I things. could not get the word. You some, know? Something really good I had this week. I I love. I love Black Seed Bagel, which opened up a block for me, a couple of blocks for me. It's just bagel stores like that should not open near me. <laughs> just too much bread in my life, but so good. Yeah. So, you know, the way we think about food, that, that feeling. But now here's the part two. What did you do this week to nourish yourself? Oh, and if I had to choose just one. Okay. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah, like lots of things. Um, I... I Sat in my electronic foot massage. Oh, <laughs> yes. that's good. That's great. It's really great. Um, that's great. Yeah, you yeah, could choose another. Look like you had another. another yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I'm just uh, <laughs> the obvious playing, playing the keyboard, playing piano. Uh, that nourishes me pretty well on a consistent basis. Music always, Devlin. So my favorite nourishing thing I actually haven't gotten to this week because I'm moving. So it's been one of those weeks. But I really love to take I call them mystical baths 
where I get, I light candles and incense and I put on just like really meditative music. And I also have like these bath balls and scents and I just make it really sensual. And, um, I usually sing a lot. I'll sing or I'll chant, I'll meditate. I'll just lie in the bath and it's like, I get the most clarity. It's where I have all my like big ideas and everything Super nourishing. together. Exactly. It's just like, you just feel yourself like filling up, right? Yes. So. Yes. Um, I went to a uh, I went to a show a concert. Um, uh, it was a brass band at the Blue Note, and I love. I've forgotten how much I love like horns, like all together, and so that was really cool. And Farrah Munch came out. Oh, and, uh, that's very did cool. Did some songs, and so that was super dope, nice. and it felt great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, me! I danced wildly to Chaka Khan. Mm. There's video of it on my website. <laughs> Posted it. Oh, cool. Like in the evening, it got like 300 views. I was like, who's watching right. me dance? To I feel I was like really seriously. <laughs> but notice how most of the time when I ask this question, the nourishing answer. There's so much music in that answer. So uh huh. <laughs> music is some kind of food. Oh yes. So let's talk about music's role in our lives so you are a keyboardist yes i'm a keyboardist i work primarily in musical theater okay. um and i do a lot of community theater and, and and work with people who haven't necessarily had a lot of experience as you know a musician or a singer or whatever that may mean and i love new musicians whatever age they are um because it's it's so innate and one of my f- favorite memories involving music was uh, shortly after I moved uh, here to New York City about three years ago I was hanging out at this little park along the East River mm-hmm. and I had my ukulele with me and I was just playing along I had a friend of mine who was visiting from Boston and this mother walks by with her very very young child and could barely walk um, and uh, the child was just uh, you could tell it was interested in the fact that I was playing this big red little you know, ukulele and, and that there was music and sound coming out of it. You could tell this child had not heard those sounds really before, probably. So uh, she walks up and I kind of present the ukulele to her and I kind of display to her. I say, hey, you know, go on, you know, come on, strum it like this. And I show her how to strum it. And she very timidly places her hand on the ukulele strings. Oh. And one of her fingers starts to bring down one of the strings and the tension starts to pull and you can see this look on her face where the curiosity then turns into like she's so frightened she has no idea what's going to happen when she releases that string but she can feel the tension pulling against it and she's really nervous and she's about to cry and then all of a sudden her mother kind of eases her a little bit further and the the string now plucks and the second that that note rang out her face just lit up and she started smiling and she she was overcome with the sensation you could tell without any words that she was like oh my gosh did i make that sound like i have that power it it was probably one of the first moments of her like self-actualization um so it's it's incredible how truly innate no matter what the age is how how music is that's amazing because you you know do kids get that feeling from hitting the button on a remote control for a tv oh i changed the channel not really really. so it's so great to experience you know, to to expose children to instruments and and now tell me about this this ukulele that you have here. Uh, I've got this uh, little ukulele, and uh, it, it's it's really I, I bought it 
maybe four years ago for 40 bucks. I'd, I never knew how to play the ukulele or I, I'm a keyboard player. I always wanted to know how to play the guitar. I was always jealous of, you know, guys sitting around a campfire, like <laughs> serenading everybody. And I would sit there frustrated in the corner like, oh, well, if I had a piano, I could yeah. send everyone to <laughs> um, But I learned how to play the ukulele because it's way easier to learn. It doesn't put calluses on my fingers. Mm. Uh, it's really mobile. It's um, really mobile. Yeah. I love it. It's very mobile. So if you play something for us now, you'll be nourishing us. Oh. Fe- feed us a little something. Yeah, I could feed you guys a little something. <laughs> Go for it. Let me see how it sounded. Cool. I'm trying to remember how this one begins. <laughs> one, two, three, four. It may be true. That talking isn't doing, it is a kind of good deed to say well. And yet, words are not deeds, words, words, mere words, no magic from the heart. Oh, words without thoughts, never to heaven go. Oh, who could refrain that had a heart to love and in that heart, courage to make their love known. There's a little taste. Yeah. <laughs> that was like so an appetizer. Sweet. I love oh it. That God. was so sweet. It's delightful. It's delightful. I'm tearing up. I can't stand it. No, that's a song you wrote? Uh, the, I wrote the music to it, but that's actually a bunch of different uh, words from Shakespeare. Oh, oh yeah. mm-hmm. you're cool. a deep man. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> you're a shallow man. <laughs> now, that's very cool. Did, now, now you just learned that. Did you just feel like you know? Now, I've always felt this because I, I learned piano growing up. When when we learn piano, we can pick up instruments pretty easily, mm-hmm. right? You play piano as well, Devlin. It was my first instrument. Same as well. here. Yeah. Trey also. Yeah. A little so bit. I think like when we learn piano, it's like a little bit easier to just pick up and be like, let me just find the scale here. Now I'm good, right? Is that kind yeah, of? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if if you have a really strong foundation in most instruments, I mean, ukulele is just so translatable. If anything, it helped me uh, as a songwriter because it's so simple just to create different chord progressions and then to hear it and experiment. I, I totally taught myself how to do it and I've never done that with any other instrument. Mm. I, any, any other instrument I would need someone's help to learn. That's so wonderful. And now I feel so like bubbly. I feel like I just had, <laughs> I feel so much better than if I were to be sitting and eating like a bag of chips, hands down <laughs> for sure. Yes. So that's great. I'm so glad you played that. Now Devlin, yes. you are a, multidisciplinary musician yeah you're a percussion (laughs) and you're playing all sorts of things and and managing little kids who are trying to grab at your instruments (laughs) that i noticed so i was like i'm impressed (laughs) so i started as a singer that was my first well besides piano was my first instrument that i studied as a child but then once i really realized how much i loved music it was through singing and then um, I started playing hand drums also when I was a teenager, like shortly after that. But then I stopped drumming. I picked the bass for a little while. I loved okay. the bass. Uh, my dad plays guitar, and I tried to learn from him, but it never worked. Or he, I guess I should say he tried to teach me, but it, there was something about like the father-daughter-teacher-student uh, relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. I got a little turned off to the guitar, unfortunately, because now guitar is my favorite go-to instrument, although I didn't play it at that show that you saw because now I've been playing the drums more. But um, again, because it's so portable, Uh you can take it anywhere. Um, It's 
you can play so many ranges of styles. And with kids, they love it. I've had similar experiences, especially the little ones. Usually what I'll do is I'll play the chords because chords are, are quite difficult, actually, to learn if you have small hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'll just strum for them. I'll strum their hands oh, and they'll take their hand. And, yeah, exactly. Oh. And they're like, whoa, I'm playing a song because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm playing the chords, but they think that they're playing an actual song. They're not really playing the song. <laughs> they're not really. <laughs> they're not really playing the song. But for me, that's what's the most important thing is that, that when I'm playing music with kids, that they get to experience the joy of the music because sometimes kids can get turned off by the technicalities of actually learning an right. instrument mm-hmm. such as right. guitar. Sure. Um, and so it's better to just have them like rock out mm-hmm. and have fun because then once they feel how fun it is, then if they're inspired, they'll take the time to actually learn. True. And it hurt, you know, it hurts your fingers. You have right. to build up calluses. Right. It's like frustrating to learn all those positions. How <laughs> many of these little children do you think have gone on from being influenced by you to pick up an instrument? I mean, like, yeah, I hope, like- I hope they do. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think, actually, I do know one person who was my student as wow. a preschool. Um, that's Amy's daughter. Amy okay. is, um, runs the Rock and Roll Playhouse. And that's how I met hers because I taught her daughter when she was four. Oh, wow. And now her daughter is an incredible songwriter. She plays oh, the bass. She plays the piano. She's a great singer. But mostly it's her songwriting that really mm. stands out to me. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I feel like children have an innate ability to create in a songy way, in a storytelling way. Yeah. And it's the, the standard of teaching that kind of squelches that. And then people telling you, like, don't do that, wasting time, this and that. And I think that's terrible. Yeah. I think it's terrible. It is so important. Creative health and expression has become such a priority for me, especially going through cancer treatment in the past year, because I realized that, A, not expressing myself was part of what brought me to my illness. And then healing, yeah. creative expression was a huge part of my healing. Yeah. Huge on a vibrational level, on a freedom level. Massive. So I love, loved watching you perform storybooks yes. to songs <laughs> with the children. Love that. Paint that picture for yeah. everyone who's listening it's, because it's, it's just it's, so delicious. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you're ever in a room with children, all you got to do is combine music and images. There you go. You know, <laughs> and you got them. Everyone says, oh, kids have such a short attention span, but they really don't. You just have to find the right mm-hmm. things that they're into. Um, they all That's seem golden. to really like my voice, I think, because I have kind of a, a softer, pretty, <laughs> lulling voice. That she really turns voice. it on at yeah. the show. <laughs> right. And I, to- I do turn it on in the show. And the, the you know, uh, being expressive is really good with kids, too. So, like, facial expressions and getting big mm-hmm. and just having fun. And um, so I, I actually w- wish there were more books like this where... Actually, well, maybe I shouldn't say this on the air because it's an idea that I have, but I don't want anyone to steal it. <laughs> anyway. Hold it for later. Hold it for later. Hold it for later. Hold it for later. I bet it's a great idea. Feel it already. Right. Um, but in any case, there are some books out there that are just the illustrations of songs. So, um, oh, the one we did, that was Pete the Cat, which Pete actually the cat. made up the, I just made it up. Oh. But, right. And that was a beautiful moment 
brilliant because I just improvised it because it's just it's a book that, that has really a rhythm nice. and I think there's a song <laughs> that goes with it but I never actually listened to the song I just I just made up the rhythm and because it was hip hop I did my best at, at rapping it and adding yeah. improvising some vocals here and there and then Kid Lucky was beatboxing it Paula was, was on the keys fantastic and the I, kids were just they were just you know if you ever thought you had going. exactly <laughs> if you ever <laughs> call your kid unruly bring your kid to this moment and yeah. this kid is sitting there gripped by what's happening yeah. and participating well that's it's that's, one of our little our secret like it. when we form a show we do think it out because we have this also huge parachute that that gets the kids really riled up right. and gets them running around and it's crazy so then after the parachute we're like okay let's oh, if we need to bring tired. it down <laughs> yeah if we need to bring the energy back and focus it we're like all right book time and we have brilliant. anything from like octopus's so garden to what a wonderful world which is oh, a beautifully illustrated book it's, it's just such yeah. an incredible pro. So tell me about the history of Rock and Roll Playhouse. Who founded it? How sure. long it's. Because I'm so impressed by the genres of music you guys cross over. I looked yeah. at your calendar, future calendar has punk for kids, Grateful Dead for kids, rock and roll cartoon tunes. I mean, yeah. it's everything. Yeah, it's everything. Right. We've really <laughs> been all over the board because um, the idea was from uh, Pete Shapiro. He's one of the owner, part owner, one of the owners of the Brooklyn Bowl and also Capitol Theater and publisher of Relics Magazine. He's big okay. in the, the jam scene. He used to um, be he a likes owner music. of Wetlands. So he yeah. gets it. He gets it. So, he gets and it. he has kids and I actually taught his kids too. Oh, and that's yeah. how we all oh, met. Okay. Yeah. And he, and both him and Amy, who's um, the director of the program, just loved how uh, I would just come in with my guitar and just play like folk songs or rock songs that I knew Beatles. Yeah. And it wasn't kids music. It was just songs that I liked. And so Pete had this idea that, you know, parents can enjoy this too. They can bring their kids, especially when you first have a kid and you're kind of, you're home and you don't have a, a lot of social options necessarily. And you right. definitely can't go to a concert, you know, with kids, <laughs> right, right? With kids. So then he right, thought, well, if someone's playing at my venue, maybe I can invite them to play a daytime show right. for the parents and they can bring their kids because they can't come at night. And that way, and that was one idea. So actually our very first, um, workshop at Brooklyn Bowl was with Phil Esch, the bassist of the Grateful Dead. That's fantastic. Yeah, and so wow. we did some Dead songs, and, and he brought his grandson, Levon. These are some serious guests. Yeah, is, yeah, we, had, we played, we started our program with a bang. We had some really big <laughs> wow. guests that Pete knew and invited, and um, we started out actually doing all the shows for charity as like a just for kids getting kids involved doing you know music and then we're like well wait this is this is really going well so let's try to do it more often and then we started to do um the every week set it up but as part of who we uh what we play is based on who's playing at the bowl or at the capitol theater okay. so like we did a wilco for kids up at the cap when okay. wilco was there of course. so it's really a way to kind of promote the venues and who's coming and if parents again want to go see the show but they don't want to get a babysitter. They come right. see. It's not really Wilco, but at least it's the music of you know Wilco. What? The spirit of it, is, yeah. it's perfect. It's there. It's, it's all so there. great. And when I walked in, <laughs> I remember walking in and thinking, I never seen children in Brooklyn Bowl before. This is so <laughs> very strange and right. cool and i love it yeah and the lights were dimmed and the kids were it's jumping. a rock concert for kids it's, it's really basically so cool. a rock, rock concert, concert for kids, for kids. Yeah. i'm gonna read the rock and roll playhouse descriptor because i just love it the rock and roll playhouse workshops are a unique interactive and in, and educational live music experience for children set in the remarkable brooklyn bowl venue 60 minute workshops focus on specific eras artists and genres of music 
During each fun-filled class, children will explore live music, movement, and collaborative creativity. Young talents will gain knowledge and develop their musical skills through laughter and imagination. We invite the whole family to join us and play as we aim to build creativity in children ages seven years old and younger. What? I love that. <laughs> Yay. It's incredible. So props to that. Clap, clap, Thank clap. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as, as far as music satisfaction in your life, so what else do you do? In the music world, you know, in the music realm for your for yourselves. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I have a lot of a lot of friends who are not really like musical theater people, especially a lot all my friends from back home in, in Connecticut. Um, but musical theater has always been like, well, uh-huh. not really always, and I guess that's that's why I thought of it when you just mentioned it. I really got into musical theater when I was thirteen because I saw a production uh, like a, some a fiddler on the roof. A bunch of other sixth graders had done it, and I was like this was the best thing I had ever seen. I'm like, Oh my gosh, wow. other people my age are telling stories like this. Like, this is crazy. I want to be able to do that. So my mom got me a C- CD and I started listening to like, you know, Topol doing Tevia and all those things. And I just dove right into that whole world. And that, I guess, I guess learning more and more and being not only involved in stories, but being able to tell the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think, and everything that I do, my favorite part about it and what I'm most interested in chasing after is, is our stories, the storytelling element. And, and we're surrounded by opportunities for that, I guess. With storytelling and music, you know, Trey and I are working on projects for storytelling and music. What, what is your feeling about storytelling and music, Trey? Well, you know, I, I think stories are, stories are really everywhere. And, um, I think it's a, one of the best and most effective ways to get across information and um you know the the themes and the emotions and the um you know again information that you pick up from stories stay with you right you know and when it comes through music it's so memorable i remember when i was a kid um there's a song i heard called um that they taught us in choir called the cat came back and it's just like this really <laughs> cute, this you know, this the tune, right? The cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. I learned this song when I was like seven, and I will never forget it. And then we also had um, we also had one about the uh, the fifty states for geography. It was fifty yes. nifty United States from thirteen <laughs> original colonies. And you were how old? And I had to be like six. And you're how you know? old now? I'm twenty. I'm twenty eight now. So twenty two years. So twenty two years so later, I still have that chorus. And you know, then once I, I started getting into hip hop and stuff, started like you know being able to memorize all the words and that. So I just think like. The stories, you know, that come through music are really memorable. They really stay with us. And um, especially when you match them to images, and that's why musical theater is so so important because, like, when you can, you know, like, build a space and, like, you know, like a scene to, you know, kind of show that with the music, it's, like, it really makes a big deal. So the power of music, you know, you can can communicate an idea – but with music, it becomes more powerful. <laughs> so, next time you want to quit, quit your job. There's, there's, there's a, some, some adage that says, you know, when, when words fail, you sing. And when singing fails, you dance. Oh, oh I, like I love that. that. I like that. That's, hence, my, hence that's, my, new, that's exactly. my new tattoo. You just, you just saw you saw Hamilton recently, Hamilton right? was amazing. Oh, I just saw yeah. it the other day. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see Hamilton? No, I want to. So it's, the new, it's the new hotness right now. I, yeah. I think it 
was the bomb. <laughs> it was pretty incredible, actually, um, on on every level, storytelling wise, and you know, just just the cast, just the the stamina of performance. Let's talk musical theater for a sec. You know, to be able to sing in that that amount of power from your lungs for that long, and and, and just. And how do you remember everything? I'm always me, you know, post chemo and my chemo brain thing. I'm always like, how do you remember? You know what it is? Stuff? I, I used to direct musical theater. <gasps> and it was, this is great. Trey. <laughs> it was it's it would be so annoying because literally like you practice so much that it's just in every cell of your body. Like you're oh, wow. walking and like singing the songs. You can't get them out of your head. You're like dancing the dances. Mm. Oh my goodness. And I wasn't even acting. I was directing. So I didn't even have to memorize so you lines. Dream but it. You'd, you'd wake up. Be you'd, it. You are you'd sneeze it. and it would come out. Yeah. It's like muscle memory. You know, your body just yeah. remembers. You just have to let go. It's a, it's, it's an interesting trick of the mind because it's, it is mental and you have to practice. But then once you know it enough, you have to let go and, almost turn your mind off and let your body take over. Do you, you as you were saying that, you made me think of people I know who are in Toastmasters. Do you think that speech memorization would be easier if they sang their speeches? Oh, yeah. In fact, I had had another idea. This one I will share on the radio. (laughs) Because I don't know if I'm going to do it. And I still think, I think everyone should. If you're ever trying to learn a language, I was thinking I wanted to do a curriculum um, where it was taught through song, through music. Because that helped me learn Spanish, was listening to songs. Because you get the the melody stuck in your head, and then you get the words stuck in your head. You get the whole phrase stuck in your head. That's so brilliant. And then you just, it's it's in there. It's the only (laughs) only way I know the term la cucaracha. Exactly. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's the only way. Yeah. But that's that's amazing. So I, I like to just encourage people to be more musical. And when I tell people to sing more and, and dance more, of course, oftentimes people say, I'm too shy. Mm, so what what can you guys offer for people who are like, you know, well, you have Belle Devlin. She is like a professional, whatever. I can't sing. I'm scared. And, and people like that tend to be so talented. Yeah, there's I, so much in them. Not only have I met so many people, I mean, there are a lot. You always pick them out. You can always recognize them in the crowd, and you're just like, "Oh, you don't even know how great you yeah, are." Yeah, exactly. you kidding me? You need to be doing this. <laughs> um, so I mentioned I, I really got into musical theater when I was 13, and uh, this th- what Devlin was talking about: how music really reinforces speech in different parts of your memory made me think of this. So I'm 13 years old. I'm taking Shakespeare classes and my Shakespeare director, his name was Louis. Uh, he says, Hey, uh, I've got some friends who are doing some musical theater. It would, they're doing the King and I at uh, university of New Haven. Uh, we're all going to join them if you want to you know, do it. So me and like four other, other students, we all go do it. And Louis has had us all prepare Shakespeare monologues to audition for musical theater. And I wow. have never been in musical theater That's ever. Kind of scary. The only, the only exposure <laughs> I had to it at this point was this, this, my mom bought me a, a CD for Christmas. That was like Various Broadway hits, you know, a bunch of those, and I listen to them in the shower every single day. <laughs> every, every single day. Yeah. And that's my mom every single day for a few years. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I go in there and I watch a bunch of uh, a bunch of kids. They're all very supportive, and one of the regulars will go up. They'll sing a song either with a CD or a cappella. Everyone's very supportive. They hoot and holler. They sit down. Another, 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 and then one of our kids go. One of one of Louis's kids go, and I watch a friend of mine do a Shakespeare monologue, and they do it very well. 
but very dull response. And I'm mm. thinking to myself, like, there's no way this was meant for the musical theater room. <laughs> I, oh. I have never done this before, <laughs> but I know that that does not feel right. So then, you know, a few more songs. They're all great. Then another Shakespeare. And so I watch as all my friends go up and do their Shakespeare. And then it's my turn. So I walk up in front of the room and look in front of everybody. And I swear, I could not remember more than, eh, like, a line and a half of whatever Shakespeare thing I had prepared. <laughs> So very silent, I just put my head down and I walk to the back of the classroom and I go up to Louis and he's just like, what are you doing? And I said, I didn't remember my monologue. Yeah. Said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, don't worry, I have an idea. And me, this little 13-year-old kid tells Louis Bark, this Broadway director, he, he was super successful in South Africa, like this big guy. He's like, what? And I just see this, look, the, you know, the, the, his face goes pale as I just walk back in front of the everybody. In front of everybody. <laughs> and I just start, dear Lord, you made many, many poor people. I realize that it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. And I do the whole "If I were a rich oh. man," the whole thing down to the you know the choreography and everything because I had just seen this so many wow. times. I probably hadn't even seen it that many times. It just raced through my head so many times. I loved it, and that's that's what activated me and motivated me. And wow. once you start to find those things, where yeah, there are a lot of different types of things that can be considered art or music or things like that. But by bringing in a different element and adding it to that, that's kind of where we start to become like really intrigued. And and enhanced and, and multidisciplinary, I guess. That's the proof. That's so the proof cool. right there. You know so what? Cool. <laughs> I love stories like this because that proves, like, you know, like the food that we eat gets into our cells. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of primary food that we ingest gets. That yeah. was like so in your cells, dude. That was oh, yeah. like in your hair, in your <laughs> in your brain cells, and everything. So I mean, that's I, I love that story so much. Now that is probably going to scare someone who's like, ah, but I can't remember any of that. How do I do that? But like, if I were to, like, I, I, I definitely, I, I'm thinking of someone right now who just told me recently she wants to talk more and sing more hmm. and she wants to perform. So someone was telling me she's shy and then saying, but I want to perform. There's hmm. something bubbling under there, right? I think it's funny. Like I consider myself, I used to consider myself sometimes shy. As soon as I would get on stage, not shy, not a shy bone in my body. Like I felt so. so what would you suggest to this person? I think the reason I was able to to get over um, any shyness or stage fright was because I would throw myself fully into the song because I love music so much and I was so passionate about it, what I was doing that I would just kind of everything else around me would turn off and I was just so in mm. inside the song yeah. um, and so that's like what Paolo was saying it's like really about finding that thing that turns you on and that you love so much that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks and it, it doesn't matter even how you sound or, or what because really what is going to come through is, is your passion for it which is like the, what it sounded and, like for you you, and, you and, embodied right. it and, and storytelling and you know and what I would say to that person who's shy and, and thinks like you know maybe outside they don't really have a voice and things like that uh, singing and music it doesn't matter what genre orchestration it doesn't matter um my favorite thing about music especially when i was growing up was that it allowed me to express myself in a way that i could never do with words that i was too afraid to do mm. with words mm. and also if i was worried about something or something had happened in my life that i thought i was alone on sometimes it's just you hear that one song and you're like oh my gosh i'm not alone like yeah. that's not just yeah. me yeah. and then all of a yeah. sudden song this song represents you more than something else and you're able to sing that song or play that song and bring people in closer and so already you start to use that as a device to you know, kind of open yourself up I'm really starting to wonder now, all of these stars that we hear on the radio, I wonder how many of them started off thinking they were shy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And then how yeah. many of them, you know, 
how many of them realize that they're really serving up nourishment for all these people? <laughs> like, yeah. did you ever think about that? That when you're performing for people and kids, that you're giving them something? Yeah, I, I guess so. I think so. I, I definitely, um, at one point I was like in my late teens and early twenties, I was really like politically active. Like I would call myself an <laughs> activist, you know, I would go awesome. to rallies and cool. <laughs> was involved in all these causes. And then, and so it occurred to me like, whoa, this is a really cool way to get a message out too, is through music. Okay. And, you know, so I was like, wow. So that's something that I considered was, I, I wasn't really necessarily thinking about nourishment so much. It was more as like, um, transmitting ideas and maybe having people think about things a little bit differently than they might have before and opening their minds a little bit. Um, but now obviously, yeah, now obviously I see it as nourishment, especially with kids. And I've, I've worked with so many kids of all, all ages and adults too, and sharing music with them, I really, I can see how much it, it benefits them. I mean, people will, I have um, brought music to hospice patients. Right. One of my hospice patients, she had a stroke, affected her right side and hadn't moved for many, many weeks. When I played Frank Sinatra for her, she was dancing in her bed. Right. Yeah. You, you can't tell me music doesn't have it, my, an effect on people. I lived with my my grandma who was in her 90s when I was in music school and I would bring over all of my musician friends to her apartment because she loved oh. having young people around and oh, she would just sit there and so her, she would light up and I was studying jazz so I was singing these old standards that oh, she used to gosh. know and her face it was just she would really light up and come alive and it was one she would always say like I just love having all these young people like what are your friends coming over like she just wanted but more that feeling that. and even the way you're describing it is just like that feeling of when someone cooks an amazing meal and presents it. That yes. Thanksgiving dinner is like that awesome music situation. Like yes. for me, it's the same sensations in my body. Mm. I don't know if it's you know any different for for you guys, but like that that full body sensation of oh, and then the communal aspect of it. Right. It's it's really wonderful. It's yeah, so that's beautiful. one reason I was always happy I was a musician. <laughs> it was so I could play with other people. Well, both so I could play with other people and I could play by myself. Like how how music can be anywhere and you can do it anywhere. You can you know, if you have hands and your yeah. legs, you can make percussion, you know, stomp your feet, you can sing. You don't even really need anything, but you can also it just gets better and better when you have instruments and friends and you know. I, I love that you're bringing that up because that's something that I like to tell people too, that music isn't just something you buy. It's something you make. Yeah. It's not just something from the iTunes store. It's something you make just like food. Yeah. You know, you can make your food. You can also buy your food and from the outside. Many different ingredients. So many ingredients, a, you know, yeah. so many ingredients. <laughs> I mean, Trey, you're a music person too. You know, you know, the experience of creating and the, what goes into a song. Yeah. Especially music is such like a collaborative experience, you know, like as, as an art form, I think it's like the most collaborative experience, you know? And so I think it's, really healing in that way because we're such social beings you know? yeah um and it's like those feelings of like when you're like really like deep in like a jam or a groove or something like that and you know you're it's like you're kind of like feel like everyone else's like almost like you're one you know one thing it's yeah really, and i would even take it beyond that because not just the people playing but the audience yeah, too exactly. it, it's like everyone that's in that room is participating even yeah. if they're not necessarily playing an instrument exactly yeah. yes as an audience member absolutely yeah. because music is like a meal consumption food you know it's, it's just 
oh, I'm so glad you guys are on the same wavelength. But I try to explain, sometimes I try to explain to like my mom my understanding of music. And I think she gets it, but at the same time, she still has such an older, like rigid sense of like, no, music is like hobby kind of stuff. But she's a singer too. Mm. Right. But just trying to get the language updated in her mm. has been a little bit of a challenge. A friend of mine, uh, he's a phenomenal musician, uh, he said to me, he was, he, I guess he was a little, you know, somewhat of a mentor to me, and he, he, he said to me once, he, he's just like, he was obsessed. He, he said, I wish other people could hear music the same way I did, like uh. the same way he did. And he, because, and, and for all of us, I think there's, whether or not we can put words to it, there's that, that's some sort of a motivation as to why we create music, because music does something for us so personally mm. that we're like, wow, I wish everybody could feel this way. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to write something. I want to create something so that people know how amazing this feels. I just want to share something that's this good. I can't keep it to myself. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why music is found at really important inv- events in our life, like mm. weddings. Mm-hmm. Funerals, mm-hmm. but not births. Isn't that interesting? I know. Actually, on, that's on something parents, that right? I've another idea. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just full of ideas today. <laughs> always, we're, always. We're gonna work on all those ideas. Well, I mean, Grimming. we got to close the show, but you know, before we do websites and how do we get in touch with you and listen to more of your work? Oh, sure. Um, well, you can visit my website at paulociperez.com, um, but you can also check out my uh, my I guess my holistic health website at uh, facebook.com slash Lumi by Paolo L-U-M-I short for luminescence. Ooh, love that. Ooh. Devlin? Um, so yeah, check out the Rock and Roll Playhouse. It's the rock and spelled out rollplayhouse.com and uh, and that's been the website that I've been devoting most of my attention to lately. Um, although my band is called Serpent Skirt, Ooh, and okay. uh, yeah, we just released an EP actually. Um, <clears throat> it's on Bandcamp, and we have a, a, a music video too. And it's uh, we call it Witch Rock. Love it's it. two ladies, and Love it's it. uh, it's very Stoked. it's kind of a cult, but it's dark, but there's also a lot of light and beauty to it. So it's been so great talking to you guys about music. Thank you so much, and Thanks everyone who's listening, here, come back for more primary food on Heritage Radio Network. Peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.